So this being the first Sunday, I want to speak and blend faith with vision. How many people do you know you need vision? won't get into that right now as far as the definition, but you understand if you can't see it, you can't have it. You'll never, deliver, you'll never be able to bring those things into reality that you do not see because seeing is very important. If you don't believe it's important, get up in the middle of the night and you can't see. You will find something. Your foot will find it. I don't know about y'all, but mine finds it. And it hurts, and I pray when it happens. I call on the name of the Lord because it hurts, but that's because of sight. But I want to make some statements that I think is important. Faith is not found in seeing, although vision is important. This is not what I'm talking about here. Faith is not found in seeing, but it's in knowing. It's in knowing. What do you mean? It's in knowing that I know. That I know, that I know what God has said will come to pass. It's knowing. No matter what people have said, no matter what the observation of circumstances or situations, I know that I know what God has said and what He's promised will come to pass. How many people have been a benefit of God's promises? Understand it will come to pass. And I said true faith, when I speak of faith, I'm talking about true faith, not just a word we throw out, but true faith. And we'll cover that in the weeks to come before the importance of this, import of this message. True faith knows no retreat. Mark it down. True faith knows no retreat, only going forward. It doesn't back up nor stand down. Hear this. Faith may not, this is important, faith may not prevent you from a fall. Because a lot of people think if you walk in faith that you'll never fall. How many people have thought that before? That's not true. You can have great faith and still fall. And here's the way the Lord laid it out to me. Great faith or faith may not prevent a fall, but it will empower you to stand back up. Just when you think you can't make it anymore and you stumble and fall, you make some great error in your life, a mistake. We call it a sin. We like to call it an error. It sounds better. But he empowers you to stand back up. So it knows no retreat. I can stand back up. Faith in God puts you, hear this, faith in God will put you in his perfect, not just his will, but his perfect will to perform his word and works. Can't minister that now because of time, but you have a will of God and the perfect will of God. And sometimes he'll allow you to walk in that will, but that's not the perfect plan for your life. How many people know that? There's a perfect plan for your life. And I'm going to tell you it takes, it's going to take faith. Everybody say faith. It's going to take faith to accomplish what I've looked over this morning. It's going to take faith to accomplish what the Lord requires of us in 2024 and beyond. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 16, or not, look at the screens. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, 
if any man will come after me, and it's always implied and understood that he's talking to men and women. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That means take up the endeavor, the work of Jesus Christ. His passion. You pick up what he's passionate about. Okay? So let him deny himself because there's sometimes there's some things that you want to do that goes outside of the passion of Christ. Take up the cross and he said, follow me. Follow me. For whosoever will save his life. In other words, it's not about the passion of Christ. It's about doing the will of the Lord in your life. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. He said, that which you want to save, you're going to lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited? I, I, ministered, I don't know if I ministered this here, but I certainly did it full term. I won't minister today, but I'm going to say, For what profiteth a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And that really hit me hard a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And I hear people say, nothing except doing what you want to do when you want to do it. Now you exchange your soul. I'm going to leave that with you to think on. I'll minister that at a later time. But you have to understand, that hit me so hard about a month or so ago. And I realized we exchange the soul for our little petty appetites, the things that we desire, the things that we hold dear, not realizing that the passion of Christ is not going in that direction. So we must hear this verse. We must hear this verse. What do you mean? For if we gain everything and leave unfinished the vision God has placed in our life and in the life of this church, we have lost. If we gain everything and miss the vision for your life and for the life of this church, this assembly, we've lost. We will need faith. Everybody say faith. We will need faith in Jesus not just Buddha or Muhammad or some other religious leader. We're talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have to have faith in Jesus to do the things I'm going to talk to you about today. You see, I feel the awesome responsibility, and you should. I feel the awesome responsibility of our unfinished assignment with over 2.4 billion people who have not heard the message of Jesus Christ. That's an awesome responsibility. You say, well, that's for somebody else to do. No, dear, it's up to you. It's up to you. In the Western world, there's nearly 100 million unchurched people. In our world, unchurched. And we're losing those that have been churched going other places. You say, this is a real downer for me. No, no, not if you'll see what I'm talking about. The up of this is when you walk according to his word, there's certain promises affixed to it. Covenants that are in place. 
We must commit ourselves, which is a word we don't want in, in, in our society. Commitment is only temporal. As long as I like this job, I'll stay with you. And I, I'm not going to commit to the job, but I'm going to stay with you as long as I like you. And you treat me good. And you shake my hand. And you pat me on the back. Tell me how good I am. And give me 10 raises a year. I'll stay with you. There's no such thing as staying with it and let's work it out. Let's get this thing done. We must commit ourselves to the task that's set before us. Whatever God has asked, we must do. We must do our part. Our part. Every one of us here. How? How are we going to do all this? You speak great numbers, Bishop. 2.4 billion, more than that now. 100 million unchurched. Let me tell you how we do that. By reaching one person at a time. Whoever's in your sphere of relationship, that you can get into the house of the Lord, you can get them in right relationship with God, that's your job. Mamas, it's your job. Fathers, it's your job. Uncles and aunts, it's your job. Cousins, it's your job. You say, no, no, Bishop, it's your job. No, I beg to differ with you. It's your job. My job is to speak the Word of God to His body, and the body must work. Because if I'm going to do all the work, I'm going to get all the, all, all the blessings. Now, I don't mind getting them, but I've got a few already laid up in store for me. I've ministered this gospel now for over 50 years, and I've reached around the world. So I've got some, 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 some things coming my way. I want to see you blessed. How? Everybody say, one person at a time. So we need to dedicate ourselves totally. And unconditionally to the Lord. That's not a hard thing to do. That's not a hard thing to do. Because you know that when you do that, God is on your side. But something that I said to the Lord, I'm going to say to you as I did in the middle of the night last night. I was laying there. I wake up several times a night. Sometimes I don't sleep. It takes me a while. I go to sleep pretty quick, but then I wake up. How many people know what I'm talking about? Because when we talk about the work of the Lord, we start immediately thinking about our inabilities, inadequacies. Have you ever done that before? How weak you really are, the vessel. This vessel so weak, Lord. So I said to the Lord last night, but I'm not worthy to do the things that, you're, that I feel, that I sense, that I know must be accomplished. I'm not worthy. And when I said that, his spirit responded to me. And he said, the spirit, here's what the Spirit said. I don't need your worthiness. I need your obedience. For you see, obedience, he said, obedience to the one who is worthy. Because when you do that, all things will work out properly. Not a few things. All things will work out properly when you're obedient to the one who's worthy. So when you say, I'm not worthy, he already knows that, dear. I'm not worthy. No, you're not. But he is. And he gave his life for you. He shed his blood to graft you into the vine. What vine? The vine of God. So he doesn't need my worthiness. He needs my obedience. And obedience is better, the Bible says, than sacrifice. So what I say today as in these few comments are just words until the words get a hold of your spirit. 
Somebody in here has got to get a hold of this. Somebody's got to get excited. Somebody's got to believe that God is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Somebody's got to see into the spirit world and realize that you've not touched nor scratched where God wants you to be. And it's not over. You're not over. You're not finished. You're not through. Just when you think you're finished, God will say, wake up and get the job done. Every time I've thought of myself as being getting a little older and maybe I need to step aside. And God said, wait a minute. I use you because I called you. And here's what he said to me years ago when I tried to turn this pulpit over to someone else. He nailed me. He said, I didn't call another person to that pulpit. I called you. And he said, until I change that, you stay in place. If that's true about me, I wonder how many people here in the seats that are empty today that were called here according to his purpose, that they should be here today because he called them to be here. You're called to be here. And for those that are not here that were called to be here that are going other places, I'm going to say this without being ashamed. It's wrong. Not wrong for me. It's wrong because a spirit called you and put you into place. I know I just told the truth. Because I feel the anointing of God in my life right now. I sense it. You say, no, you're angry. No, I'm not. And I, I don't, I'm not speaking to any person here. I'm speaking to a spirit. You see, the words must get hold of us in such a way. And we must commit the words to our heart and exhibit his power with our actions. So, Words are, are, are nice, but I'd much rather have actions. I don't want you to tell me, I'm going to fix you a great meal, Bishop. Well, you've been telling me that for a year now. The action is when I get the great meal. One day, Bishop, I'm going to show up at church. Five years later, they do show up, but I'm over standing here doing their funeral. Their intention was to be in church, and praise God, they're here today. As I see it, many that call themselves Christians allow the church to play second, third, and fourth fiddle in their lives. And then we expect the greatness of God, the grandeur of God, the awesomeness of God, the miracle-working power of God. We expect it to show up. We expect God to show up just because we call, on, we call not realizing that we are failing to tell the truth to the body. You need to tell it, I need to tell it, we need to walk in it and live in it. Turn your Bibles to Luke 14, verse 16. You talk about commission, you talk about faith. And I said everything that I'm talking about takes faith to do it. What do you mean? You've got to believe that he is, that he is, that he is. Luke 14, verse 16 in King James Version says, Then said he unto him, now Jesus is telling this. He's giving them an analogy. A certain man made a great supper. And bade many, he asked many to come. And his servant, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, in other words, he had invited them, come for all things, they're ready now. And they all with one consent began to make an excuse. I got soccer. I got baseball. I got football. I got a family gathering. Now, all those things are great once in a while. But all the time, watch this, what he says. 
Come for all things are ready. And they with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. Don't worry about it. I've bought a piece of ground and I must go, I've got to go see it. And I pray that you have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I have to go prove them. I pray that you have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife. Well, that's a big one. And therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. This is important for us. And bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is no room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out. Now here's our, our command. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Now, are you hearing me? He said, well, I don't want any sinners in here. We need them. God needs them. He loves them. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden or invited shall taste of my supper. Why? They made an excuse. Excuses will not hurt. What has happened? We've replaced excitement and enthusiasm with excuses. What has happened? Well, it's the same thing that happened to the disciples. In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So our flesh gets weak. Sometimes there's things I want to hear that I'm not hearing. There's sounds that I want to enjoy. Not realizing the only thing that really matters in life is the word of the living God. It is that word that will make your business go better, your jobs go better, your marriage go better. Why? Because it balances out who you are. Jesus gave his life for his church so it could be established, shed his blood. And when I say the church, I'm talking about you. Everyone seated here is a part of the church if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone here is a beacon in a dark world. It is dark. But what does God want from us? I'm going to get some points here to you in a minute. In Acts 20, verse 27, in the New International Version, he says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim the whole will of God. He's saying to me, keep watch over yourselves and the flock of the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Who's made the overseer? Holy Spirit. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So we've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. We belong to him. So hear this. I hear people say, Man, I, just need, I need to hear more words. Yes, you do. We do, but it's not the knowledge of the Word of God that it, we lack. We lack the will to put that into effect. Because once you put it into effect, things will happen. Don't tell me you love him if you're now, This is where I become a real pastor. Don't tell me you love, me, love him and you're not in covenant. You're alive because you're in covenant. Sandy, you're alive because you're in covenant. I can go around this room. 
My dear brother here, Perez, you're alive because you're in covenant. When nobody else would show up, you were here. I remember in COVID, when COVID hit, you still, you'd make your way into the house. You're alive because of that. Butch, God, you're alive because you, you start of stumbled into covenant. I'm just telling you all the truth. So it's not the knowledge of the word, but it's the ability to put it into effect. And I want you to hear me. Human beings cannot be whole until we commit to that word. Why? Because we cannot find ourselves without taking hold of his vision. And finding a center, watch this, and finding a center beyond ourselves. A center beyond ourselves. You can't find it within you. It's got to be beyond you. In short, the emancipation of self requires commitment. It requires commitment. You say, but I can't do it. I don't have enough. Oh, you've got enough. I want everyone that's in the sound of my voice today, whether it be on, on a podcast or here live, I want you to be involved. You are necessary. Turn to somebody and say, you are necessary. And what does that mean? It's a constant restructuring. Say, Bishop, you can't make up your mind. No, no, no. It's a constant restructuring in the spirit. It's a constant reviewing and refocusing and expanding the vision. Getting ready for the harvest. Why? Jesus is calling and I ask, who will hear the call? Because the harvest is there. The fields are white under harvest. That's what the Bible says. They're ready to go. So we must see the vision of the Lord on this first Sunday of 2024. The vision he's placed in our life, all of us. I don't care what church you call home. This can be your home. It should be because I'm going to tell you the Lord is here. There's no doubt in my mind. If he wasn't, I wouldn't be here. The vision the Lord has placed in our lives and we need to, we need to establish goals personally and corporately. Personally and corporately. In Habakkuk 2, verse 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation. Now listen to this. You say, why are you giving us so much scripture? What am I up here to tell you? I could, you want me to preach out of I mean, some of these self-help books? I can do that if that's what y'all want. And all you're going to get is some self-help help ideas. But when it comes to the real nitty and gritty of it, you're going to have to go back to the Spirit to get it. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on the tablet so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end. And it will be fulfilled. Watch this. And it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it, for it surely will take place. It will not be delayed. Certain things are happening. Signs of the time are with us. As we see the signs of time, what must we do? Here are some goals set in my life and for the church family. Here we go. This ministry, your ministry, the East-West Church, will be known as a place filled with people we have a desire to minister to the needs of hurting people. I say hurting uninformed humanity. 
They need help. We will develop our spiritual and ministry gifts in the body. That's important. How will I do that? Several things I'm going to do. I think the thing that my wife mentioned earlier today about the women's meeting, that is a strengthening mechanism. The men, it's a strengthening mechanism. And so there's other things I want to start, and it will happen. So we develop spiritual and ministry gifts in the body. We will prepare, we will prepare our children to take the message of Jesus to the streets. We will leave no one, nobody. We will leave no one behind in battle. We will see, we will see everyone to their victory. We'll see them to their victory. It's one thing to be in battle, but it's another thing to lift up a fallen soldier and make sure they can be a part of the victory. So it's people reaching people, something I've said for years. Preached a whole series on it years ago. People reaching people will, is with the message of Christ is our banner. It's who we are. And we will bear fruit this year, not to our satisfaction, but to the satisfaction of the Lord. If it's not bearing fruit, Listen to your bishop. <clears throat> if it's not bearing fruit, <clears throat> I'm going to cut it off. I said this years ago, and people didn't listen to me, and now they're not sitting here because they weren't bearing fruit. If I'm not bearing fruit, I need to sit down and shut up. That's the way I feel. So some of the things you used to do, maybe you need to reevaluate and do it. So we have to bear fruit. The world must be seen as our church. You say, well, what's this service all about? Vision and faith. Unless I lay it down. Why are you saying it, Bishop? Because if I don't say it, it will not come to pass. It has to be spoken. The world must be seen as our church. It cannot be confined by the walls of this building. Our faith must transcend these walls. What else? My vision is to teach everyone here and whoever's listening to me today that when you give to the Lord with a generous heart, when you give to the Lord with a generous heart, when you give to the Lord with a when you give to the Lord with a generous heart, he will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. And when you read that, that's great. Doc, that feels good. Except we don't read other scriptures in that. Where God says in those same in same line of thinking, He said, "Will a man rob God?" And the prophet questioned, "Where in a man? Where? How will a man rob God?" He said, "In tithe and offering." That's not Alan's words. Now I'm going to preach a whole series on tithe. You know why? We need to hear it. I need to hear it. We need to understand that there's something attached to it. It's blessing and covenant. Because once, you're, once we're gone, the only thing that's going to remain is what we've done for the kingdom of God. That's it. When you face him. And believe me, we will face him. We all shall stand before him. Because people don't even understand the word tithe. How many people think they understand the word tithe? Raise your hand. Oh, my God. Now, I know i got to preach it. 
And I'm going to show you how it's not a Old Testament, it's New Testament. I'll show you the whole program. I'll take you through the process. But once you get through, you're going to say, my God, what have I missed? I'm just a little country. But if I have ten apples, what belongs to God? Thank you. If I've got 20 apples, what belongs to God? Thank you, Doc. You're helping me out here with your mask on today. You must be Zorro today. If I have 50 apples, how many apples belong to who? To the Lord. We have missed, and he said, I want it first. You said, well, that's awful big of him. Yeah, because he's big. So that when something goes on in your life, you can say, Bishop, and I can say, in the name of Jesus. Lord, and I've done it. I've said this actually. Lord, you know their track record. You know what they've done. You know what they've accomplished. You know who they are, and I'm asking you now to touch them. And God, boom, does it. Have I made sense to anybody here today? We're talking about 2024, that there's got to be a new mindset. There's got to be a new revelation of who Jesus is. I'm going to preach some messages here that will lift you up. But the main goal is that you you start to think. You start wondering about these verses. You start leaning on them. Because you see our statement for 2024 that I let out of the bag last week is Ephesians 6.13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. This year is the year where we stand. Everybody say, we stand. This is your vision. This is my vision for this ministry. We stand. And when everybody comes against us, if they do, we stand. If prosperity and peace comes our way, we still stand. But if turmoil and crisis comes, we still stand. Sickness comes, I stand. Listen, the hardest thing for me to do was to eat my own words when I was laying in 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 an ER. Because, you know, faith is easy until it's put to the test. I got a lot of faith. Until you're laying there looking up at the ceiling and nobody wants to hear you. But I'm the pastor of a great church. And they say, we don't care. Shut up, lay there, and be quiet. I came to grips with some things that evening. I realized some things. That without Jesus, I can't survive. I can't make it. And anybody thinks they can make it without Jesus, they've totally missed it. If we do the things that I've mentioned here today, which has not been that many, it's enough to get you thinking. I promise the promises of the Lord and what he allowed me to see. What is that, Bishop? Psalm 65, verse 11 in the New International Version. This is for you. 2024. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. Now, if you can't get a hold of that, there ain't nothing I can do for you. 
But if I'm in covenant with God Almighty, there's some things you're going to have to change. How many people know we've got some things we've got to change? We've got to change today if we're going to be great. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if, I, if I'm playing a game, I don't want to just play the game. I would like to win the game. I never went into a game thinking, well, I'll just play my best, and if we lose, so what? No, buddy. I played to the last minute thinking, I'm going to win this game. It's going to happen. And I believe this church is going to win the game. Why? Because our coach <laughs> is Jesus Christ. Amen. You crown. You need to hear this. He crowns our year with bounty. And our carts overflow with abundance. But here's the one I want you to hear. Because I went to the Younger's literal translation of that verse. And it says, you crown the year with your goodness and thy paths drop fatness. That's for you. And thy path drop fatness. So, Doc, I'm glad that you want me to get skinny. But he just said, I'm going to get fat. That's P-H-A-T. <laughs> How many people will accept that today, that promise? That is a promise. I see it. I feel it. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to relish in it. And I'm going to command a blessing upon you for that same thing. Because the Lord lets me see these things for you. For you. Now, here's a verse I was not going to read, and I didn't even tell him about it. But Isaiah 6, 8 says, I also I heard the voice from heaven. And just listen to me. Isaiah 6, 8, talking to you. I heard a voice from heaven saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. I just wonder today how many people will say, Send me. I mean, how many... If you're in the armed services and we've got a problem, armed forces, and there's a problem in the enemy line, we'll, we'll volunteer to rush that line. That's difficult. You have to have faith in your comrades and those people that are behind you. And you have to have faith in your ability. And for many of us sitting here today, I'm asking you to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but have faith in your ability to, to live it out, to walk it out. To know that God is with you and that God is your source. Have you heard what I had to say today? Now, how many will take that and will try, desperately try to activate it? Because activation is what's important. And some of the things I've done in life, I want to tell you when I said that I'm not worthy, it's because I see my frailty. I see my, my flesh. And God said, will you get your eyes off your Flesh. Just, get, Doc, he said, get your eyes off of it. I said, why? He said, because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither indeed can be. I said, really? So why are you dealing with the flesh? Get out of the flesh. Because it will never inherit what I've got for you. It has to be done in spirit and in truth. So I step outside of flesh today. And complaining to God how weak I am, how I'm not worthy. And he said so clear in my brain last night, 
I don't want your worthiness because you're not worthy. I want your obedience. Just do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. He said, then I'll heal the people. Then I'll bless the people because you've told them the truth. 